into A to Z Sports Prime Time on a Thursday night. If you're new to the show, I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without the stress. The official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators and of A to Z Sports Prime Time can be found at GaryAshton.com. Of course, you know Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet, where you can get a built-for-you, brand-new Ford delivered right to your door, like Uber Eats for a car, if you so choose, or any number of their certified Blue Advantage pre-owned vehicles. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, a lot of interesting conversation around Derrick Henry. And Jimbo uh, comes in with preconceived notions because he considers me to be the biggest hater. Now, I understand why well, we've we've had a similar discussion around Derek before about what to reasonably expect from him. And I think to a certain extent, you know, hater's probably the wrong word I would use, but I think skeptic is fair. I think that I am skeptical typically of just general running back year over year production. And I think that in the case of Derrick Henry, I hope people won't take him for granted on what he'll be realistically able to do this year. Now, realistically, he could still lead the league in rushing yards. In fact, he's projected to do so by a lot of smart people that I talked to at the Draft Network, for example. I saw a graphic that they posted that kind of brought this question to the forefront for me. And I started, you know, obviously we haven't had the opportunity to see or talk to Derek yet. He's one of the uh, handful of starting players for this team that is not been present during the voluntary portion, totally fine. I think nobody would take issue with Derrick Henry continuing to rest and training on his own time and then coming in ready for mandatory minicamp, as is the expectation for next week, which will, of course, uh, be Tuesday and Wednesday, and we'll have media availability there. So perhaps we'll hear from Derek then. Now, I think to kind of look at this thing, we have to consider a variety of different factors what's around him and what their schedule looks like, certainly in the early going, but in the case of Derek, where he really thrives as they close out the season. So Jimbo asks me, what do you expect Derek Henry to do? Well, I think that's the place that we need to start. I think that's a great jumping off point for your Two Rivers Ford take. Let me know in the comment section on Facebook, YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch how you feel about Derrick Henry and your expectations for him in 2022. Simply that, what are your expectations for Derrick Henry heading into this season? It can be, you know, and I want to, I want to leave this as broad as humanly possible for you guys. I'm not asking you for statistical predictions, but if you want to do statistical predictions, that's fine. If you believe him to be the comeback player of the year, that's fine too. If you think he's going to lead the league in rushing or you think he'll be top five, Whatever your general expectations for Derrick Henry are, we're taking all kinds of kinds here on the primetime show tonight. So it's your Two Rivers Ford take. What are your expectations for Derrick Henry? Statistical, award-wise, or otherwise, we can discuss that in the comments on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch right after I tell you about the people who make your Two Rivers Ford take possible. That is, of course, Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford had has certified blue pre-owned Advantage vehicles when you go visit them at their dealership in Mount Juliet. Because 
a new car may be a nice thought, but maybe it's not in your budget at this particular time. With any a number with any number of factors coming into play, you can get a certified blue pre-owned Advantage vehicle from Two Rivers Ford from a place that you know is going to give you a vehicle that you can trust. You know you can trust that their sales staff does not work on commission, which means they will not pressure you, whether it's a pre-owned vehicle that you're choosing to look at, or if you're looking at any of their new vehicles on the lot, or if you're going to do like I did and do the Built For You program that Two Rivers Ford does offer. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So what are your expectations heading into 2022 for Derrick Henry at this point. Um, break the all-time record, 2022, the year of the king, says Mark Jones. Well, certainly that would be poetic, right, for Derrick Henry to break all manner of records in the 2022 season as number 22. There would be a little bit of, uh, there would be, you know, some, some poeticism to that. Um, how realistic it is. I think that, uh, I, I guess he, I guess you mean Mark Jones, the all-time rushing record. Well, I mean, I've seen him do something that only seven other running backs have ever done in the history of the sport, which is eclipse the 2000 yard mark. So to say that Derrick Henry couldn't eclipse the all-time rushing record be difficult as hell. Um, single season rushing record, right? We're not talking about I mean, potentially he could do career numbers, but you got to remember that Derrick Henry didn't play a lot early on his, in his career. So he's, from a number standpoint, he's a little behind just because DeMarco Murray was in front of him right out the gate, not by his own doing. And by the way, Derrick became a different kind of a player in the middle of the, what would that have been, 2000, 2019 season? I think he was still kind of drag. He was... I think I think 2019 is when he was really established as a star featured all-time running back. Um 2018 though, it was still a learning curve, right? They had him on the trade block. We've talked about that several times. So, to say that Derek can't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that because I've seen Derek do incredible spectacular things. Um a lot of you guys are giving me uh yardage and touchdown total prediction, 1500 yards and 10 touchdowns for Karen O'Keefe, 1,620 touchdowns. So Kedrick is uh, adding an additional 100 yards, but giving him twice as many touchdowns, which seems uh, excessive. But, you know, Derek, depending on his usage, he's damn near impossible to keep him out of the end zone. Michael Wagner asks the important question, which is when's the last time a running back won MVP? And Derek Henry will not win MVP. Jonathan Taylor won't win MVP. I can give you. Uh, I can give you the full list. I'll pull it up now of NFL MVP and the last time that they we had a non-quarterback win the award. It has been a considerable amount of time. Uh, this, according to, so this is since the Associated Press took over the uh, MVP award. Let me see. Two thousand. <clears throat> excuse me. Two thousand and twelve. Adrian Peterson was the MVP of the league. And obviously in the 10 years since then, which is crazy to think that it's been 10 years since uh, Adrian Peterson won an MVP in the 10 years since then, it's all quarterbacks all the time. And the game very much reflects that change, right? Even, even during the height of running backs, there's not a ton of running backs that have won MVP in the last two decades of football, right? Just kind of looking at this Marshall Falk, uh, Sean Alexander, 
Ladanian Tomlinson, Adrian Peterson. So four running backs in the last 20 years and only one running back in the last 10 years has been the most valuable player. Now, uh, Bryce Erickson asked me for Super Bowl MVPs. I could do that, Bryce, but I don't want to get bogged down in various MVP conversations. I think that I think that for Derrick Henry, it is reasonable to expect him to still produce at a high level. I truly think Derrick is capable of that. We'll see how he responds to the foot injury, but of course, all of our expectations for Derrick Henry are sky high. Now, what I'm what I'm most curious about because I don't think that I think that Derrick can continue to go on. I mean, he's going to be he's going to be 29 this year, right? In the middle of the season, um, I think that Derrick is still capable of producing at a you know, at a above average to high level for probably at least three more seasons, right? At at minimum, I would say three more seasons for Derrick Henry, just because he's so physically gifted. But here's the thing that, you know, my, that I kind of gravitate towards. At what point do we start to see, as, as we do with any professional athlete, not specific to Derrick Henry, but at what point do we start to see the things that make Derrick special fade? Now, obviously his size and his strength are supernatural. But the agility and the speed for a man that size is the thing that I'm most curious about, right? At what point does Derrick Henry stop being, does it look at, does it quit, does it stop looking as easy for him to pull away in the middle of a secondary, which is the craziest thing about Derrick Henry. Now, it could be this year. It could be five years from now, right? I have no idea what to expect from a player who continues to defy expectations. And they're very, very high expectations at that. But I think for Derrick Henry, it is reasonable to expect him to be among the top three leading rushers in football this year. And just to account for an injury, because otherwise, even if you even if you give me Derrick Henry versus the field in the offense that he plays in, I'm going to continue to think that Derrick Henry is going to produce at least, if nothing else, statistically. So I guess these videos don't have sound, but these are Derrick Henry workout videos from his trainer. Uh, I believe, uh, I know the last name is Sanders on his Instagram account. So Derrick Henry doing hill runs. He trains in Dallas, obviously. You know, he's just a giant human. Have you talked to Derrick Henry recently or touched base with him about how he's doing this offseason? No, I just usually just check on Instagram. I don't check them on Instagram. That was, that was a joke, Emily. So that's Mike Vrabel. Uh, but, you know, of course, Mike is not being 1,000% truthful. Of course, he's looking at Instagram. Now, whether he's checking Derrick Henry's videos specifically is a matter of uh, is a matter of, different, uh, of debate. But Derrick Henry is is somebody who you don't worry about in the offseason, right? He's going to get his – he's going to get – the most the most physical training humanly possible because he's a rare athlete and for a guy like his trainer you can I don't want to say experiment because obviously it's a it's a legit science right Derek but Derek Henry is a bit of a science experiment in and of himself just as this you know Frankenstein's monster of a running back 
who's going to be able, who does things that we haven't seen a person at that size with that speed do on a regular basis. Now, again, off-season workout videos have, they're, they're great eye candy, right? They, they're great eye candy. And how much they actually translate, well, of course, in Derek's, Derek's case, we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And obviously, he's earned that. We'll see how he responds. But I do think that just because Derek has been so great, I, I want I want people I want people to just consider just not to take what Derek does for granted, because at some point that is going to fade. And if it looks a little different this year than it has in other years, doesn't mean that Derek Henry has fallen off or anything like that. I don't think I don't think that you're going to be able. I don't think that Derrick Henry will cease to be an effective player if he looks a little different this year in some form or fashion. I think he can continue to be productive. But at this point, it's about an evaluation process heading into uh, the last two years of the contract that he's currently under. And this season, with no dead money still attached to him, how they'll decide whether to you know, continue to employ Derrick Henry at that price point or if they'll find ways to keep Derek around at a lower price point and add some guaranteed money to the deal. These are just the considerations that you check into at this point. Uh, people are asking me for a score check in the hockey game. It's 1-0 Rangers with just under eight minutes to go in the second period right now. Tampa Bay is on the power play for about 45 more seconds. So I think, you know, reasonable expectations. I think to, you know, to think Derek won't be still in the top five or even the top three among NFL rushers this year, I think is, I think is very, very much a fair expectation, even as he's coming back as on a significant injury, bad foot and all, he's still the best running back in the league. Well, you know, I mean, if he's got a bad foot, then he's not the best running back in the league. Of course, that's a ridiculous statement, Yogi. Um, but listen, you, he's, he's given you, he has been the best running back in the league, but what I saw what I saw from the in the Bengals game, when last I saw him, right? And it doesn't mean that he'll, he'll look like that week one against the Giants. It doesn't mean he'll look like that. When do the, I think the Titans play the Bengals in November this year at home. I know they play them at home. I believe that game's in November. But, you know, I mean, you can't, you can't have a bad foot and be the best running back in the league, right? The, the version of Derrick Henry that I saw in the playoff game was not the best running back in the league. So, you know, I think, I think that you can be, I think that you can be excited about Derek, but I think you still gotta. I think you still gotta be reasonable about it. Uh, a bad foot would immediately would immediately rule him out as the best running back in the league. But there's no indication that the foot is still bad, right? It's a broken bone. If the bone is healed, then the foot should be good to go. It's just how he's responding and how the training has gone and the re- rehab and recovery with extended rest. And that'll be, uh, you know, that'll be a lot of what this. Season is uh, a lot of what this season is judged on, of course. Let's talk about Mike Vrabel, though, since uh, you guys got a kick out of Mike Vrabel's comments at the podium on Tuesday. I want to talk about Mike Vrabel and an interesting conversation that I had with our buddy Trevor Sykema at Pro Football Focus. Now, uh, Reed is going to give me a signal when that video is available to me because I still don't see it in my queue right now and obviously uh we do have more video to discuss but the dare the mike vrabel conversation that i was having with trevor sycamore was basically you know he had just done a show with pro football focus on 
one reason for each of the 32 teams to have optimism heading into the year. And I think that uh, I think that when you look at Mike Vrabel against some of his colleagues, I think it becomes a pretty interesting conversation. So the question that I'd like to ask you is this. Which established NFL coach would you compare Mike Vrabel's career to? I think it's a fascinating question, especially when you look at some of his contemporaries. Now, there's going to be some Belichick nomin- uh, nominations. I think that that is a, uh, I think that that is something that um, you know is probably unfounded, and I think that there are better comparisons to be had out there. But which established NFL coach would you compare Mike Vrabel's career to? Let's talk about it together on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter. And on Twitch, we'll talk about it together right after I tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without the stress. That's where the best in the business go. That's where the Nashville Predators go. That's where John Hines, the head coach of the Preds, that's where John Robinson, GM of the Titans, got their GM, uh, their dream address without the stress. That's where I went when I was home shopping. About three years ago this month, Gary Ashton will give you the intel edge that you need to succeed. It's why his team is the best in Middle Tennessee, bar none. Gary Ashton from the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage at GaryAshton.com. So, who is Mike Vrabel's career trajectory most comparable to? I think it's a pretty interesting question and something that we were talking about uh, earlier on the radio show, I guess that would have been last week when Trevor was on with us. So just to kind of look at Mike Vrabel's head coaching record um, so far through now he's heading into his fifth year in the league uh, as the Tennessee Titans head coach as a first time head coach at the time that he came in. Mike Vrabel's career record in 65 total games across four years, not including the postseason, is uh, 41 and 24. So he's got a well above 500 winning percentage. Um, He is one of the most successful uh, across the first four years of his career. He's one of the most successful coaches in franchise history. And he's he's clearly somebody who you cannot count out no matter the situation, right? I mean, no matter what the roster looks like, you feel almost an inherent trust that Mike Vrabel and his staff are going to put their team in a position to succeed. So who do you compare him to early on in his career? I see a lot of nominations for Mike Tomlin. I think that's a pretty good, uh, a pretty good comparison. Now, Mike Tomlin was at the time of his Super Bowl victory with the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger. I believe Mike Tomlin was the youngest head coach to win a Super Bowl at the time that he won it. Obviously, Sean McVay, I believe, has since taken that uh, title. Um, But Tomlin was 36 at the time that he won a Super Bowl. Mike Vrabel currently, uh, let me me look up Mike's age. I want to say if Brady's 44, Mike is probably 46. Yeah, he's 46 uh, years old. He's got a birthday coming up in two months in August, on August the 14th, 1975. So... 46 years old for Mike Vrabel and, you know, been in been in the league as a head coach for less time than Mike Tomlin had at the time. So maybe Tomlin is not the best possible comparison 
in that scenario. Bruce Arians is also being uh, mentioned as somebody to look at Mike Vrabel as. And I think Bruce Arians, uh, that's by Nav5454 on YouTube. I don't think that Bruce Arians is a good comparison at all, right? Because it took Bruce forever to get a head coaching opportunity with the Cardinals. He was very, very late in life by the time that came around. He was a career assistant. He took over as the interim head coach when, uh, oh, forgive me, I'm blanking on the Colts coach name who got uh, Chuck Pagano. Chuck Pagano got diagnosed with cancer in the middle of a season or early on in the season, and Bruce Arians had to take over and ended up winning the coach of the year out of it, which he parlayed then into the Cardinals job. But he was in, he was, I want to say that Bruce was in his 60s or at minimum late 50s by the time that he became a head coach. Um, John Madden says Mark Jones. Well, no, I don't think that's an apt comparison. Madden, um, Madden is somebody who, uh, who won at a, at a, at a more dominant rate than Mike did and did have Super Bowls early in his career. Um, are all y'all are naming coaches with rings? We have zero says Dom. And that's the thing that I think is kind of the sticking point in all of this. There may not be a comparison to Mike Vrabel in the league right now. He is a successful coach, but he's also not a Super Bowl winning coach. But the thing that that makes you feel confident in Mike Vrabel's abilities going forward is the fact, as Trevor Sikama lays out, that you really just cannot count them out. But it's timely because you guys were talking about reasons for optimism for all 32 NFL teams, which can be found at the Pro Football Focus YouTube channel. If you would like to check that out, why should Titans fans be optimistic, Trevor? Well, you know, something that we talked about when we just got off that show and um, Sam or Steve Palazzolo brought this up, Mike Rabel is getting into the Mike Tomlin category of like, you might just have to believe in this guy, no matter what the roster looks like, no matter what the outlook is, that they lost more players than they added, whatever, because you look at him as four years as head coach, nine and seven, nine and seven, uh, an 11 win season, then a 12 win season last year to be the number one overall team in the AFC. And so Man, if you look at this season with the Titans and you go, okay, you're losing A.J. Brown. That's not great, right? Objectively, it's not a good uh, it's not a good roster move there. I know they tried to substitute it by bringing Traylon Burks in, but even if you believe as much as you do in Traylon Burks, that's going to be a tough year one substitution swap in and out there for a guy as talented as A.J. Brown. But if they can still make it happen, like if they still win that division, make the playoffs, man, Mike Grandma is building for himself quite the head coaching resume. And so – that was a big reason, you know, Derrick Henry is still on the team. Uh, you, you know, if he's healthy, I think that they can certainly have the identity and the, the, the mental fortitude to go up against any team in the NFL. And so certainly on that side of the ball, you'd love that. But then I also looked at the defensive side of things for the Titans as a big reason to be optimistic yeah. because you look at Jeffrey Simmons and how he took just an ascension in it, now establishing himself as a top five interior defensive lineman in the NFL. Obviously, Harold Landry signs the contract, and you love what he could bring as a pass rusher. I think they still need a little bit more production out of the rest of that group up in the front seven. But you look at that secondary. Kevin Byers already established as a fantastic player. Monty Hooker has been playing really well lately. And when you look at their corners, Caleb Farley, Elijah Molden, Christian Fulton, you throw Roger McCreary now into the mix. Those are really talented football players. Those are some of the best secondary players that we've seen in college football over the last couple of years. You get those guys fully healthy. I know that's a big if at this point for some of them, but sure. if you get those guys fully healthy and they're all playing together, Buck, all of a sudden on paper, that looks like one of the more talented full secondaries in the NFL. So they're 
So Trevor went on at some length, but the, the moral of the story is Tomlin and Vrabel are alike in the sense that no matter how down bad the players might be or the roster might look, that there's really, you don't really ever count them out in these games, even as they may look dead in the water. They still find ways to compete and get, if even if they don't win, by the way, Tampa Bay just scored, it would seem to uh, even things up with two and a half minutes, less than two and a half minutes, two and a quarter minutes left in the second period so far. Um, Mike Vrabel is not somebody who you can who you can afford to discount at any point, no matter how much the odds might be stacked against him. And I think that's the kind of thing that makes people feel good about Mike Vrabel. And, you know, coach of the year is something that he's always downplayed. And I don't think he thinks much of it right now, given how their season ended. And, you know, coach of the year for what? To be ousted in the divisional round. But that's something he's always downplayed. But it's something that you really have to take into consideration with Mike and something that is consistently a plus for the Titans on the sidelines. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I mean, I think I think Ron Rivera says his best. Focus on things that are important and not that are interesting. And that's, uh, that's probably interesting. Important is trying to get this team ready and find 48 guys each week that um, believe in the same things that we do. Uh, and then help us win. So I, I do want you to mention the fans. I thought that that's where we were going, but uh, just appreciate them coming down here. Uh, wish we could have get them a better third quarter, but it was great to come out of that tunnel early this morning uh, and see people there and, and, and be excited. That's Mike Vrabel. Uh, focus on things that are important, not interesting. And And I think that's a good mentality that he's typically carried, even as he continues to win at a, at a hugely successful rate. Certainly, uh, as far as the franchise, um, as far as the franchise is concerned, he is, as I mentioned, one of the most successful coaches in the first four years of his tenure um, as any coach that they have had through Houston Oilers and then Tennessee Titans history. All right, weekend bounce back. Let's uh, make fun of some dopes that screwed up this week that need to bounce back in a big way in sports. Who needs to bounce back this weekend? Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, let us know. We'll talk about it together. There's really only one answer. Um, and listen, I understand that the subject matter that that got uh, that got Jack Del Rio entangled this week is something that people have opinions on one way or the other. I will tell you that I do not care about people's opinions on this matter one way or the other, only but to laugh at Jack Del Rio for being one, you know, loud loud at his media availability and then having to hours later walk it back in one of the most pitiful statements that I've ever seen in my life after he had decided that he had you know that he was going to be so strong in what he believed until he was very soon not and that is the kind of thing that makes me laugh so who who needs to bounce back in sports this week Draymond Green after a just a piss poor outing in game three, two points. Uh, he fouled out two points. I believe he had four rebounds or four assists. Uh, either way, it was not a good outing for Draymond. And the Warriors just kind of petered out in the fourth quarter, which was, it's happened twice now, which is kind of disappointing to see. And certainly uh, the the Warriors avoiding uh, avoiding um, in a big way, massive a massive setback because Steph Curry is 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 considered to be okay at this point although we'll see what his status looks like 
for game four. Steven Snyder says, Bussin' with the boys needs to bounce back. I'm, I'm not familiar why. What'd they do to screw up? I'd be happy to know. Uh, please tell me if they did something foolish that I can uh, poke fun at them for. Uh, let's see. The Warriors for Ryan Fields. Traylon Burks for Chris Frazier. I think that's a pretty good one. We'll see uh, if he's available at any point on Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. But again, the person who who needs to bounce back the most is Jack Del Rio. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with the situation, uh, Jack Del Rio, as as the, the United States government continues investigations into the situation that took place on January 6th, again, I only say this as a means to set the table for Jack Del Rio uh, <laughs> being a bit of an asshat at the podium. Uh, Jack Del Rio has opinions on the January 6th situation, and he was commenting on it on Twitter. They had a media availability with Jack, and a lot of it was regarding the nature of his tweets, and Jack Del Rio decided that he was going to be loud in the way that he defended his uh, comments on social media, one way or the other, uh, that didn't last very long. Let's get right down to it. What did I ask? A simple question. Why are we not looking into those things? If we're going to talk about it. Why are we not looking into those things? Because it's kind of hard for me to say I can realistically look at it. I see the images on TV. People's livelihoods are being destroyed. Businesses are being burned down. No problem. And then we have a dust up at the Capitol. Well, there's no, nothing burned down. And we're not going to talk about, we're going to make that a major deal. I just think it's kind of two standards. And if we apply the same standard and we're going to be reasonable with each other, let's have a discussion. So, <laughs> you know, honestly, in, in his last part about having a discussion, I'm more than willing to have a discussion with Jack Del Rio about this. But it's just laugh out loud funny that something that has been classified as being an insurrection <laughs> at the Capitol is something that Jack Del Rio refers to as a dust up, which just in it in and of itself is objectively funny, no matter your opinion on said quote unquote dust up. It's just laugh out loud funny to hear Jack Del Rio talk about it that way. Now, he very quickly had to put out a statement because he was loud at his press conference and then somebody said, hey, Jack, you can't talk about it that way. That's not, if you have those beliefs, keep them to yourself because that does not reflect the situation for, that does not reflect the situation for Ron Rivera or the rest of the Washington football team, given that they play, I mean, they don't play technically in the nation's capital, but given that they don't play far from Capitol Hill, the people who are making decisions about the future of the Washington football team who are currently investigating said dust up are probably not going to look favorably at the team in, well, I mean, for a variety of different reasons, but also because of the way that Jack Del Rio is out there talking to the Washington media, calling it a dust up. That's who needs to bounce back in sports this week. All right, very good. That's going to do it for us this evening. Thank you guys, as always, for being active and for participating. Uh, whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Twitch, we appreciate all of you who uh, hang out with us from Sunday to Thursday night. Radio show going to be a lot of fun tomorrow. Josh Pate from CBS Sports is going to be in studio. We'll have Coach Dave McGinnis um, at 11.20, and I believe, oh yeah, former Vols offensive lineman, um, is going to be in studio as well. Uh, Thomas Edwards, who we're looking forward to ch uh, uh, chatting with. He's got a really cool thing with Josh Dobbs going that 
uh, he wants to tell you guys about. So we're going to do that tomorrow from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. And if you missed any of it, check out the podcast. Um, also, new speaking of podcast, 615 Sessions with Teresa Walker will be available to you in your A to Z Sports podcast feed. So if you're not already following that feed, make sure you do that. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you guys on Sunday night, if not on the radio show tomorrow.